But if we're not collecting these other pieces like estate planning, taxes, retirement, general principles, it's going to be really, really difficult to, to win the game. Becoming a millionaire isn't just about growing your money. It's also about protecting and preserving your wealth by using the right financial strategies for your situation. Welcome. This is Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. John has his Master's of Science in Financial Services and is a certified financial planner and the president of Epiphany Capital. Welcome into another edition of Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi and myself here to follow up with our prior podcast. We're going to get into part two of what is financial planning. And I'm going to have John kind of recap the uh, some highlights from the prior episode, and then we'll get into some of the key points here on this one. And as always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. You can find us by typing in Middle Class Millionaire in the search box of those apps, or just stopping by John's website and also getting some time on his calendar to talk with a certified financial planner and the president at Epiphany Capital, johnchoy.net. That's where you can find him, johnchoy.net. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Good. How are you? Hanging in there, doing pretty good. You and I were just chatting a little bit. We are into uh, mid mid June when we're taping this, so uh, you know the weather is starting to. I don't know. It's been still been weird though. It's, it's like it gets really hot and then really kind of cold again. So it's very strange. It's uh, still having troubles this year. It's gonna be. I think it's just gonna be a mild. It's been a mild year, mild summer maybe so far. Uh, I I agree with that. And I was just remarking to my my dad. I said, I, as a kid, I don't remember having these. These cooler days. It's fifty eight and raining here in Chicago. Yeah, in June, eight degrees yeah. in June, and yeah. I'm like, w- what's going on here? And yeah. then you know, probably a week from now, it'll be in the nineties. So yeah, I know, right? It's just been all over the map, which I guess is probably par for the course for twenty two, twenty twenty three, right? Uh, all yeah. over the map <laughs> seems to be on par uh, on par for uh, the things that's been going on. But anyway, let's jump into our our podcast this week, John. So give us a kind of a rundown a little bit again of uh, some high-level stuff that we kind of covered in the first episode. And of course, if folks want to go back and listen to that and check that out, they can uh, simply by subscribing to the podcast. And, and you can find that again at all those places I mentioned. But give us kind of a rundown there. Sure. I mean, if you will recall in part one, we talked about you know why we should do financial planning and the value that that it provides uh, over uh, or versus just investment only or investment and insurance planning only. And that's really what I, I did on the earlier part of my career were, were those two two uh, pieces, if you will. But as I go along and, and put my uh, CFP certification to practice, uh, as well as um, being an instructor for the CFP uh, program here, I'm just reminded of of the value that planning provides day in and day out. And in part one, we really talked about the basics, right? Mm-hmm. And so some people will say, um, you know, statement of net worth and and cash flow statement. Those are some people say I don't have that, never had that, and and my uh, mentor will say, how do you not even have that and and even start? that that's like the starting point. So that's something I think is important. Using software to do that is important. Then we talked about insurance stuff and and the different um, uh, value adds when we talk about insurance, not just life insurance or disability, but even property and casualty. A lot of us don't do property and casualty. Uh, we we uh, refer that out. 
And so that doesn't get covered. Um, but really, we're we're just kind of a, a double check, if you will, mm-hmm. to make sure that the property and casualty agent is um, has you fully covered and covered for all the other things that you may or may not have told them or forgot to tell them. Um, and so we, we need to, like I say, double check that and the belt belt and suspenders, right? There, there <laughs> make you sure go. That's covered. <laughs> yeah, and then we, um, you know, finished off. I think with investments, which is really where most of us and most Americans hire a financial advisor. And and when I hear that they've hired a financial advisor, I I, I take it to mean that they are hiring somebody that's managing their money. Okay. And so right. we talked about really there's not a whole heck of a lot of value add into it. And, and I'll and I'll go into that in this episode a little bit later, but I just wanted to rehash that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'll just turn it over to you and, and hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, I think it was a, a good way to kind of just start. And I, you shared some stories and things with us, you know, and it's just really the concept of, you know, what is it? And it's going to be maybe a few different things to different people and maybe even advisors as well may view it a little bit differently. But the good sound financial principles, you know, insurance and investments were certainly the, the kind of the building blocks that we covered. So I wanted to get into part two uh, on this episode where we're going to talk about you know kind of the, maybe the second second half, if you will, which is you know taxation, right? Because a lot of times when we think about building our wealth, we're not necessarily focused too much on thinking about how much are we keeping of that. We're just trying to build it, right? And taxation is, is a critical part to the whole financial planning strategy. So you want to start there? Yeah. And you know, even before we, we hit taxes, I, I sure. just want to make it, you know, kind of bring it up to a higher level and and I was thinking about how do I really communicate what financial planning is? And I thought of a good analogy or a story, if you will. Oh, please. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so I was thinking, you know, there are six components of, of financial planning, really. And I'm like thinking, do you ever remember, Mark, I know you will probably remember this because you're, you're in my age group, but if you'll remember, there was uh, these things called board games. <laughs> uh, right, yep. and, and we used to play this with uh, with our family mm-hmm. and during something called family time. Right, uh, right. And, and there was this board game uh, that was that was all the craze when I was growing up. It was called Trivial Pursuit. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that game? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. My mom's 82, and about every three months, she goes, you guys want to play some Trivial Pursuit? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, <laughs> oh that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's she'll awesome. ask if we want to play it because she's like, she just loves to play it. And uh, I, I was like, yeah, but you've got it like memorized at this point, you know? And she's like, no, no. Well, she's got like four different versions or whatever. So, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's cool. So if you recall, and, and you know, maybe you don't have to recall that far back. So there is a little pie piece. Mm-hmm. That's that's yep. your that's your you know game piece. Yeah, you got the little and round the, uh, circle, and it's divided up into pies. Right, and, and it's divided up into six wedges, yep. and you've got to collect all of these six. We'll call them cheese pieces or pie pieces, if you will, mm-hmm. and they're all different color. Right, right, right. And so history will be one one color, and and geography will be another color. Yep. And, Sports uh, is another one, and entertainment. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And so I kind of liken the financial process, planning process to that, is that there are six pie pieces. And if you'll recall also in the game, how do you win the game? You've got to collect all six pieces. Yep. You got to collect all six and then move into the uh, to, to the winner's circle, if you will. Right, right. But you you don't even get that the right to move into the winner's nope. circle until you collect those until six Until you collect pieces. them all, right. 
Yeah. And so you could be a whiz at history. You could be a whiz at geography. But if you don't know science or sports or I think entertainment was the other one, yep. mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to win the game. And so that's kind of what I was thinking about is you can be a whiz or have uh, hired somebody that's a whiz in insurance, a whiz in, in uh, investments. But if we're not collecting these other pieces like estate planning, taxes, retirement, general principles, it's going to be really, really difficult to, to win the game. And so that's the analogy that I draw is that we need to collect all those six pieces if we're really going to win in the financial game. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. I, I think it's a great way of thinking about that. So um, last time we, 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 or this time I should say, we're going to you know start off with, with taxes. And about 15 minutes before, as I was preparing for this uh, podcast, I downloaded this paper and different companies have different you know white papers. And this one was um, the value of an advisor 2023. Okay. Uh, Vanguard right. puts it out. Morningstar puts something out like that. This was from Russell Investments. And they said, what kind of value does an advisor bring? And it's interesting to me that they kind of naturally assume that you're doing all six pieces of the financial plan. Mm-hmm. And they say that um, there's basically four areas where they bring value. One is the rebalancing of investment portfolio. So that's our investment piece. And as I, as I said before, and if you'll recall, there's not a whole heck of a lot of value uh, if you're just hiring someone for investments. And actually, they said it's just over a quarter of a percent, 0.27%. That's, that's what you would expect to gain from your portfolio if you work with an advisor. That's that's their really? that's okay. their um, calculation, not mine. So right. that that was pretty interesting. Point two, now, yeah, ta- interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second area they said was behavioral coaching, right? Which yeah, is that's the big really point. The, that's the big one. Yeah. And I've seen estimates of you know crazy estimates like twenty five percent, which I don't think is is possible. But twenty five percent to this. Uh, particular paper says it's two and a half percent, a little over two and a half percent. Well, you put those two together, and you're at uh, you know two and three quarters, you know, just or a little, just a little shy of three three percent. So it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. And then the customized experience, um, you know, if you really want to see what that means, you, you'll just download that paper. But it's it's one point one four, and then mm, okay. and then the last, yeah, and then the last wedge that they have is is tax smart planning and investing, and they said that's going to add. About a one point one seven percent in in total value. We well, so kind of close in on they, five there between you know all of those things combined. You're talking about wedges, exactly. Yeah, uh, I think it was like five point uh, one or something okay. like that. But and that's yeah, not it was bad. a little. Yeah, yeah. And so here's what I'm saying is, if you're paying a financial planner one percent and you're getting back five, that's a value add. Right. right? Yeah, value add and, for sure. Yeah, but if you're paying one percent to an investment only person and they're providing point. Two seven percent of value. Yeah, you're losing money. Exactly. And yep. so I've always said, why the heck are you using an investment only person when a financial planner can do much, much more, provide much, much more value for about the same price? I don't get that. And and I think it's because we are not spreading the message fast enough as as financial advisors or mm-hmm. financial planners. Mm-hmm. And people just assume, oh, though my advisor takes care of that. 
actually they don't. They stay in their lane. That's one thing they're really good about. They stay in their lane. Well, John, they're I think in- <laughs> I think right there was a nice highlight of uh, of how easy it is, right? Because you knew what you were talking about, uh, and you meant to say financial planner, but you said financial advisor because the the word has become so interchangeable that people get a little confused as to what they are getting from from their professional, right? Back to the conversation, what is financial planning? Uh, it's got to be more than just the one pie wedge. Oh my gosh, that you I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. There there's a they're conflating the two uh, terms and yeah. they're very very different. Yeah, they're and, just blurring even, the lines. Even I misspoke a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, with respect to taxes, if I'm just going to go a little bit uh, and and drill down a little bit, you know, taxes are really going to affect all the other five uh, wedge pieces. Mm-hmm. But I think that if if a financial planner is is doing their job right, they're going to review their federal tax return, look for any missed deductions, uh, additional deductions, tax reduction recommendations, talk about Roth conversions. Now, Roth conversions, that that's kind of a hot uh, topic. Not everyone's good for Roth conversions. And it's because you know the whole idea of paying taxes now rather than paying taxes later, that only works if you're uh, taxes that that you're paying later are going to be higher. If they're going to be lower, you shouldn't do Roth conversions. Okay. If you see what I'm saying yeah, is, yeah. why would you pay taxes at a higher rate so that you don't pay taxes at a lower rate? That that doesn't make sense to me. And so, if that's your situation, and everyone's situation is different, if that's your situation, you should not be doing Roth conversions. And I I, I think we're going to talk about that on a, on a future episode about 401k. So. Yeah, we'll save it for uh, that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In any event, um, just, and I think we touched upon this last time, is we do tax planning for 10, 20 years, not just next year or looking backwards. So Right, and that's, that's the point, the right, is, is being is forward-looking with taxation possibilities uh, to be as efficient as possible with those numbers because, yeah, I mean, tax you know prep is just what happened last year. It's just the history revision of last year, so... Right, 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 right. And so moving into the our retirement pie piece or wedge, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, investment advisors, financial advisors, they do a really good job for the most part on having t- um, risk tolerance. They they have tools. They talk about that. And I think most of the guys, investment only guys are, are good at fleshing that out. But also with retirement, I think where some blind spots are is social security maximization techniques. That's, you know, you can, there's software out there that can help you with that. But I don't know if really investment advisors are really, remember, they're concerned about growing your wealth. Financial planners and, and folks like me, we're really concerned about preserving and making sure that as we're coming down the mountain, as we're withdrawing money, right? From that decumulation phase, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're going to do it uh, efficiently, uh, tax efficiently. So we're going to talk about how to eliminate or mitigate sequence of returns risk. And again, going back into taxation because taxation seeps into everything. How do we take money out so that we don't trigger the Irma penalties? The um, how do we preserve lower long-term capital gains rates? How do we preserve our QBI eligibility, qualified business um, income deduction eligibility for business owners, right? So those are the things that we're talking about because if you take out, hey, let's take a quick example. You you, you pull out uh, some money out of your IRA and you didn't know there was a 10% tax penalty. Uh-oh. I mean, the accountant, you're going to tell them, hey, I pulled this out and the accountant's going to say, yeah, you owe a penalty. And 
now there's nothing you can do about it. Whereas if you were working with an advisor, uh, a planner, someone that, that can look at it holistically, they'll say, wait a second now, here are the consequences. So that's, that's what I'm talking about when, when we have to look forward a little bit and, and where taxes are seeping into everything. Yeah. Now, I, you know, and that's a great point with it because you got to start and these pie please. I guess when I was thinking about this, as you're kind of dissecting this, my mind's going back to this trivial pursuit thing. Right. And yeah, it's good. like it's very interesting because you, you've got to have all of these pie pieces and you got to you've got to be working with somebody who's got a good knowledge in each one. Uh, and it's it is tough. It really is tough. How do you know that, right? So how do you know what you're getting in your advisor? And I think that's where a little bit of diligence on our part comes into play. A little bit, a little bit of, I mean, things like these podcasts, for example. That's one way to get to know someone and to kind of hear their philosophies and what it is that they're all about. You know, I think that's another great tool. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking to somebody at my church uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, he's like, "Hey, what, what have you been golfing?" All I said, "No, nah, I've been." I've been teaching is like teaching. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I thought you were an advisor. And I said, I am, but I, I also teach, you know, CFP candidates uh, on exam prep and, and, and the six class or seven classes, excuse me. And he's like, right. Oh, you're a CFP. And I said, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, that's good. Because he goes like, I know a lot of financial, so-called financial planners that are, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like my uncle, Billy Bob kind of doing it in the shed <laughs> in the backyard. He's like, right, right. anyone could call themselves uh, themselves a financial uh, planner or a financial advisor, right? Yeah, go, nowadays it seems yeah, to be the case, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I wouldn't work with anyone unless they're a CFP. And I go, hmm, I, I appreciate I, it. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. I can see where you're coming from. I'm not I'm not pushing for or against that, but I, I like where you're coming from is, is what I told them. So. Yeah. Well, and the standard, right? So, and I think that's where, you know, it, we've, they've kicked this can around numerous times about the fiduciary standard and so on and so forth. But it's a matter of finding the right fit for you. You know, maybe an insurance only person is exactly what you need, right? Depending on where yes. you're at in life. Yes. But, it may not be right, so you may need someone who is looking at uh, the investments and the insurance and the taxes and retirement and even the final category here, John, which is the estate planning par- portion of it. Because uh, at some point we're leaving this big uh, marble, right? You know, I just had a client come in, and uh, she had um, her, unfortunately her mother passed away, and um, everything was passed down to her. She's an only child. Everything was passed down to her via beneficiary designation. Mm-hmm. Nice, easy, clean, uh, quick. But there was one asset that was not passed down through that. It was her, her mom's old house. Okay. And she said, um, it's got to go through pro- probate. And so she's taking a lot of time. Um, there's court costs, there's attorney costs, there's headaches. She's got to drive downtown to Chicago, take off work. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a pain in the neck for her, put it that way. And so she's like, man, you know, I didn't know this, but I could have, I could have filled out a transfer on death form for her, for her residence. And, uh, it would have been, I think it was 10 or $20. And as soon as she passed away, it would have become mine. No courts, no probate, no legal costs, no nothing. Boom. The the title would just get transferred in my name. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And yeah. And, and and these are the conversations that I would like to have with folks, not about, 
hey, you know, if your stock goes up 10%, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's nice. But um, we need to have other conversations just like that. And and that's where, again, the value and advisor comes in. So I don't know what nice category that fits in into that research, but it definitely goes into that estate planning pie piece. So. Yeah, and and it's a huge piece, really, because we do need to think about the efficiency of it. You know, even talking about taxes, John. I know we're getting a little long, so we'll wrap it up here in a second. But even thinking about taxation, right? I mean, many of us are thinking about our retirement, and the big question becomes: Well, do we leave something to the to the kids? And you know, and some people have, many people have the, I think, the very healthy mindset of, hey, whatever's left, that's what they get. So, how do we give that to them as efficiently as possible? And that's bringing that estate planning and taxation conversation together as well, so that you can do that. And even insurance, right? That could be a way. Three of the pie pieces right there could be part of the conversation to help leave your, you know, your legacy uh, in the most efficient manner. So, again, if you're working with a kind of a singular focused person you may not be getting all these boxes checked. That's exactly what it is. And in, in our CFP classes, we teach, hey, you know, real life, it's it, you're going to be pulling in three or four of these different high pieces to solve one problem. And that's exactly what you said is, is estate planning, insurance, and taxes. You, those, you have to be proficient at all three to make sure that to answer one simple, really, question is how much should I leave to the kids and how efficiently can I do it? So yeah, you yeah. you've got to have you got to work with somebody that's got the knowledge for that. So yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, anything else that we want to wrap up with here, John? As we're talking about what is financial planning? I, I mean, I really dig the analogy of the Trivial Pursuit pie pieces. Uh, I think <laughs> well, it works great. I, I didn't know your mom, you know, broke that out uh, every few months. Uh, she so. she tries. Well, awesome. she tries to. <laughs> There's not a lot of takers, <laughs> but she tries to. So uh, you know, my wife is because unfortunately, I'm one of those people that are really good at board games when we play them. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, uh, but uh, the, usually the family goes no because Mark will just win and they don't want to play. So it's like okay, well, I, I don't know what that's about. Oh, although we gosh. played, although we played uh, as a family before my daughter got shipped out uh, on her last uh, deployment, she wanted to play Monopoly, oddly enough. I don't know why. Uh, and so we all got together and, and played Monopoly, and uh, and I did not win. My wife won. So I was like, hey, look, now I don't have to hear that anymore. So, Oh, my gosh. My young, my younger daughter, um, I've got two daughters, but my younger one, we, we play Monopoly. It's the Disney version of it. Oh, okay, okay. And we, oh, my gosh, it's it's a shouting match. Oh, yeah. Like, no, the dice, that, that was, that's a two, <laughs> not a three, because the dice is kind of like, you know, on the side of the money or one of the cards you or, you know, and, and we're arguing and it's just like, my wife has come down. She's like, what are you doing going on here? And you know, like, I've said Monopoly. I've said this for years. I was like, Monopoly, bringing together and ripping apart families for the better part of 75 years. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's that's all I need to say about uh, financial planning. And if you have any other questions, uh, you know, you can always feel free to reach out to me or Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely talk with a qualified professional, right? You certainly want to do that before you take any action. And of course, John is a CFP. So he's a certified financial planner. Uh, find him online at johnchoy.net. If you're not already working with him, uh, share the podcast with others who might benefit from the message as well. Uh, have him subscribe to Middle Class Millionaire on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And again, you can find all the information plus the podcasting uh, on johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net. For John, I'm Mark. We'll see you next time here on Middle Class Millionaire.
Epiphany Capital is a registered investment advisor, RIA, located in the state of Illinois. Epiphany Capital provides investment advisory and related services for clients nationally. Epiphany Capital will maintain all applicable registration and licenses as required by various states in which Epiphany Capital conducts business, as applicable. Epiphany Capital renders individualized responses to persons in a particular state only after complying with all regulatory requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption or exclusion.